Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin. And hey, this is Danny. And this is another episode of the Magic Our Way Podcast. This is show number 49. Which means we are one away from the big five zero, I guess. We were already past our silver, right? Twenty five shows. Mm-hmm. So now we're at our golden, golden, golden anniversary. Wow, I, where does it go after this? I don't know. Maybe yeah. platinum or titanium, or uh, I guess we surpassed white gold. That that was like back in the teens or something, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not too sure, but uh, anyway. Um, man, how you doing, dude? Uh, how how are things going since our last time we recorded? Wow, uh, everything's going good, man. I'm relaxed, uh, yeah. taking it easy. Yeah, um, you relax in your own particular room, right? I am, I am. I I, I sprained my ankle like about uh two weeks ago. Oh, that's so good. I was able to do a whole lot of movement. Right. Uh, uh, so I've been enjoying not being able to go to the gym for the last two weeks. <laughs> so that's been nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You started a little workout regimen, if I remember correctly, a while back. Yeah, I was doing great with it, too. And then I sprained my ankle trying to save a baby bird. And, uh, yeah. Save a baby bird? Yes. Oh, I got to hear this. What's the deal with the baby bird? Uh, Is this around well, your house? Yes. My uh, my daughter found a baby bird in our garden. Ah, cute. I don't know how the baby bird got there. There was no tree branches, uh, you know, above it, so that way the baby bird could have fallen out right. of its nest, and it was just sitting there. So um, we kind of kept an eye on it for a while, and a while longer, and a while longer, and Mama wasn't coming back. It didn't seem so. Um, oh. They always say that you're not supposed to touch these things, so uh, we didn't know what to do. Right. So there's uh, there's an, uh, a vet right by our house that specializes in birds. So really head and we uh, got the baby bird, put it in like a little container, doing our best to not touch it. Right. Brought it in there and they said that it was a morning dove. Okay. And uh, you were pretty much stuck in from the standpoint that there's nothing you can do. You can't help because we were going to try to feed it until it got better. But they were saying really nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is put it back to where you found it and hope that mama bird comes back for it. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Look at that, it is. man. So put it back where it was, and we did our best to protect it. We kept our cats out of the yard. And then later on that night, we went out there to see if we could, you know, it was see there. how it was going, and it was gone. No kidding. Stumbled around in the dark with our little flashlights on our, our cell phones. Uh, I stepped in a, in a hole uh, that we had right outside the um, – Right. Right outside by in front of the garden, and it just, you know, I went down in a heap and twisted my ankle bad, and Ooh. after that, I didn't care about finding no more baby birds. <laughs> so, um, so, you had a quite an adventurous week. Well, I mean, that was two weeks ago, so oh, okay. since then, I've been fine. Oh, that's good, that's good. Yeah, I'm still working band camp, so I, I'm still working on my tan, and the tan's going well. And yes. uh, so, all that's earning the money, you know, everything's going pretty good with that. It's nice and hot. Actually, no, it's been weird. The past couple of days, uh, at least up by me, it's been kind of cool, which is kind of neat. It was cool yesterday because yeah. it was afraid a storm over here. It never quite did, but you said you drove through one. Yeah, so. it started storming my side of the lake. For those listeners that don't know, we live on opposite sides of the lake, and right now we're both relaxing in our comforts of our own house houses, so to speak. I'm in my office in my house, 
and mm-hmm. he's back at the studio and through the magic of Skype and technology uh, we're doing our actual this actual our second Skype show right uh, our first Skype show kind of got failed thanks to Cox I call it one and a half but yeah okay. one and a half yeah we explained that on the last show so if you if you don't know that story listen to uh, MOW 48 and you'll get the whole scoop and, and, and Danny's rant about Cox which is well deserved seeing as how they uh, cut off our first Skype show ever Yes, they did. That's right. And this is our oh, second Skype show ever. They, they caused us to miss a week because of that. Ah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that we was, couldn't recover. Could so we had to end up missing a week. Ah, that's absolutely right. Um, well, cool. Yeah, man. Well, I guess enough of this. We have a lot to talk about. Um, uh, just a quick little programming note. Uh, we probably won't release a show this weekend, per se, because we're actually saving it up um, uh, for like the weekend after. Like This show will kind of cover like last part of last week and part of this week. And we're kind of pushing, uh, trying to we'll line up the dates, make the stars align for show number 50, our 50th show. Um, we're going to get, Lee's going to be in town, so hopefully we'll get him on. And if we're with luck, we'll get Aaron back on the show. Uh, well, so, Aaron's free to do it, uh, provided that he, he's actually free like he thinks he is. Oh, that's good. Well, hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed and then we can all celebrate the 50th. You know, it's just my, not, not a big milestone, but a, minor, a little milestone nonetheless. You know, we made it to 50 shows, unbelievably. Can't believe that. Um, so we're looking forward to that. If you have any questions or anything else, um, you shoot us in in time for our 50th show. I, I, I was contemplating doing like a call-in kind of a thing, but I, I don't think we're big enough for that yet. I, might, I think I'll save that for the 100th, and then we'll have call-ins and live shows and all that kind of business. We'll even have amassed more of a following. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with that. So, anyway, enough with all this uh, jibber-jabber, man. Let's head on to the queue. All right, first up on the queue, uh, a lawsuit has been filed over uh, Disney's Frozen trailer. Uh, you might have remembered it. It was the one that where uh, Olaf loses his nose. Yeah. And Sven and him kind of battle over it. And in the end, Olaf gets his nose back and a new friend to go along with it. Well, it turns out that that heartwarming short is very similar to Kelly Wilson's short, The Snowman. So if you go on YouTube right now, Search for the snowman. I want to say it was like the third or fourth video on end. The account was uh, Neil Rishnik. Yeah. And that is the video. You'll see it. It's that snowman missing his nose in the middle of a frozen pond. Rabbits holding it. This is the uh, the short in question. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's I didn't think it was going to be that similar, but it is amazing, and it is kind of hard to believe. It's, there's like a snowman and a bird, and a bird pulls it out, and there's a bunch of bunnies. Is that the thing, the video? I'm yeah, looking at, that's, yeah. What, that's what it is. Ah. And the one who, who, who are fighting him for his nose. Right. So anyway, the judge, uh, his name was Vince Chabra. Uh-huh. I think I'm right. He decided that the sequence of events in the short um, – and taking into account what he saw out of the Frozen short, it was just, it was similar enough. I, I think the exact wording was too parallel to conclude that no reasonable juror could find the work substantially similar. Right. So in other words, he found there to be cause for a juror to reasonably determine that that could have been lifted from this original short. Oh, okay. And, yeah. In specific, uh, the things that they have in common, one, you have a snowman with a carrot nose who loses it. Right. Two, nose slides out in the middle of a frozen pond. Yeah. Three, 
Snowman's on one side of the pond. Animal who wants the nose is on the other. In this case, four animals, I believe, in the form of the bunnies. Three, the characters engage in a contest to see who can get the nose first. Right. Four, the, sn- the screen pans back and uh, force from the animal to the snowman set to music as they try to get closer to the nose. Right. Five, the contest continues with the snowman and the animal ar- arriving at the nose at the exact same time. Six, the animal ends up with the with the nose, leaving the snowman and the viewer to wonder if the snowman's nose will then be eaten by that animal. And then lastly, the animal returns the, snow- the nose to the snowman, and it's all nice and friendly. Oh, wow. So- are the components of it. it it sounds remarkably similar when you see it it's going to be even more so huh, yeah. um so it is kind of hard to conclude that you know somebody somewhere whether it was subconsciously or not had seen this and what if you dug a little bit deeper what you ended up finding if you read the pleadings yeah was that the creator of that film was on the same stage while being while it was being screened when it won the award um, with the the, the fr- team that, that did Frozen standing right next to her, so they did see it. Huh? You can't even make the argument that they didn't see it. Right, right. So, um, Man, it was seen, and it parallels itself, and so this might end up being a nice little settlement for this. I'm not sure exactly what you can get as part of a settlement for um, like a uh, preview trail. movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't. Can you ask for? I guess you can ask for anything you want to these days. I mean, I'm not sure what the damages would be in this case. Right. But, um, yeah, I, um, I'd be kind of curious. To see what comes out of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Disney is not really apt to settle stuff like this, I would hope, because otherwise anybody would claim, oh, I did a short story about such and such, and, you know. Um, so I guess they would have established when this was created, right? Like well, when this all that, cre- when that, that yeah, just came out, was this cre- was uh, came out before Frozen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. When it won its award, right? And I can't remember what the award was for. The team that did Frozen was there on stage at the time. Ah, no kidding. At the time it was screened, before you ever saw the the, the trail that you ended up seeing. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I just finished. I just finished watching the video, man. There's, yeah, that's there's definitely a lot of similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe they saw it, and as a homage, they did it. Never thinking that it would lead to this. Right, right. Huh. That's crazy. So I don't know. I never. We'll post that in our show notes so that the listeners can kind of check it out and see what they think about it. Um, I'll be curious to see what comes out of that. But you know, in accordance to along with Frozen, I mean, I don't think that's the only thing that Disney's having to worry about here. Um, <laughs> I sent you this article from the DailyFinance.com about Norway and Disney not too happy being too happy with each other. With all the frozen stuff they're trying to put into the Norway from their fictional town of Arendelle that was set in like a Scandinavian type field kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, did you read that article? Did you check that out? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. It, whole, the, it basically it speaks to like, you know, Norway's losing a lot of revenue because they're kicking out a, or replacing a lot of stuff with frozen things, you know, for merchandise, meet and greets, everything else. The right. rumors, of course, are floating around that they might even replace Maelstrom. Uh, with a frozen, with a maybe a frozen overlay or a completely new attraction with uh, frozen themed everything, um, uh, but, but Norway in itself, you know, their own products and stuff, and trying to teach their own culture about Norway, uh, they're losing out over this whole uh, frozen business, you know, kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Disney in in its haste to try to find a way to cash in on the the popularity of Frozen itself, they're just trying to figure out ways to get it to work. 
and it's kind of pushing you know it's like norway culture versus um uh an animated film based in a fictional scandinavian type setting you know kind of a thing so norway in in and of itself i guess you know the sponsor of the pavilion is not too happy about what's going on with that and i guess we won't really know the extent of it until we actually see what's going to happen with maelstrom um, uh, in the next coming months or so, people are saying, like on on my Disney experience from Fast Pass Plus, that uh, they can't get a Fast Pass Plus for Maelstrom and stuff. Um, there's other rumors that point that say it's just going down for a simple refurb, this, that, and the other. I mean, people are saying that the refurb might include a frozen overlay or whatever else. But regardless, what, what's happening now is that I think after about August 16th or so, people can't get a fast pass plus for maelstrom which was uh, if you remember one of the tier one attractions at epcot yeah unfortunately so yeah so it kind of limits uh the offerings at epcot while it's kind of down granted uh, you know it's in august september so it's kind of you know i guess the value season if there ever is a value season so it's not so so bad but still it's just interesting to know what's going to happen after the refurb if there's a refurb or what's going to happen down the road with norway versus this whole frozen thing i mean i don't know you know i was going to say surely they have expansion pads where they can tack on a frozen thing and not, you know, uh, sacrifice the culture of Norway, the spirit of well, Norway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I sympathize with Norway to an extent uh, because, yeah. yeah, your country's pavilion is basically becoming um, a, a trailer for their film um, or, or really an, an attraction for their film. Right. And, you know, if you're asking for a country to pay for its pavilion and and staff that pavilion, they get to kind of do whatever they want to do with it. Right. And um, so I do kind of sympathize with them. I do, however, feel that the Maelstrom ride, and I think we kind of covered this earlier, yeah. really doesn't um, do much for the <laughs> right, <laughs> for right. showcasing what Norway's the film probably. Well, no, that doesn't do anything either. Film's kind of frightening at points. Really, <laughs> huh? We we established that the film's kind of frightening at points. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of think that um you could and I pitched this the last time. I was like, I don't mind them doing a a, a frozen, frozen overlay. overlay. Yeah. But it has to be one of those things to where you're going through the ride, you go through the very beginning sequence, you get to that part with the trolls, and they send you off to this mythical land of Arendelle. Huh, okay, yeah. And that's when you kind of see a couple of things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be much longer than what it is, and then you end up in, in Arendelle, and then maybe that feature, that walks off into a meet and greet or something like that. Yeah. Whatever. I, I like the idea of them doing that, and I do think that at the end of the day, um, that Norway will benefit from this association with the film. Like, if, if the, the goal of the pavilion is to um, promote tourism to Norway, granted, Arendelle is fictional, yeah. but you, you're kind of getting these, these kids while they're young. They don't know. Right. I mean, so they grow up wanting to go to Norway. They want to see Arendelle. And when they, they discover that there's no Arendelle, they still want to see the country right. that inspired it because they're old enough now to accept that, well, there's no Arendelle, but the what they saw is typical of what you would see right. in Norway. So huh. I do think in the long run it would work out. But uh, I, I don't know. I can I can absolutely see why they would have a problem with this. Right. Um, I, I know just reading from that Daily Finance article that um, – uh, they said that Norway was experiencing a, a great growth as far as uh, uh, income. 
due to like when they had the Anna and Elsa meetup and everything else, all the frozen stuff that merchandise they were selling, it became one of the most popular pavilions in World Showcase almost overnight. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, it can't be all that bad. But as far as like sacrificing culture, yeah, I could see that. Maybe they can hopefully do it smartly and not lose any of the spirits of Norway, <laughs> so to speak. I just like saying the spirits of Norway. This <laughs> was Aaron. Yeah. You know, again, what would you lose? I mean, the, the trolls are not real Norway. Right. It's part, part of the fictional culture of it. Exactly. You know? I mean, there's that scene where you, you go into the water and there's an, an oil rig or yeah. something. Um, well, no, I agree with you. I think uh, I think you could totally incorporate it into the ride. And like mm-hmm. when you know when that when the, the trolls banish you over the falls, um, mm-hmm. why, they could totally banish you. You know, kind of like uh, uh, was it Tangled? No, not Tangled. Um, Enchanted. You know, where the queen sends uh, the princess down that little hole and she ends up in a manhole cover in New York. You know, why mm-hmm. can't you go from real life Norway and the trolls send you into the fictional land of Arendelle? You know, yeah. that would be to- I you know lengthen the ride. You know. I I would be totally game for that, and maybe no, move I, the movie to the beginning, <laughs> make it as part of the pre-show instead of the end, so people would actually have to watch it. You know, uh, maybe redo the movie. <laughs> I think the movie just needs to go. Yeah. I think you take that whole little theater, you turn that like you walk out, you walk out, and you're in the middle of Arendelle, just like that little fishing village that you're in, right? And that opens up into a larger area where you can go. Instead of going to a movie theater, you go to a meet and greet. There's Anna and Elsa or yeah. Olaf, whatever, that you need to go ahead and do over there um, to, to capitalize on that. Uh, right. That's what I would do. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that sounds like a plan, man. Well, Kevin found a list of five pet peeves of uh, cast members. Uh, working over at uh, Disney World, and we kind of went over the list together, and uh, we kind of covered a lot of them already. Yeah, and it and, just got, got, got we tr- actually tried it, and it got kind of boring, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it, just, it, it was repetitive, yeah. but what I ended up finding was a, a, was a list of a former cast member, and this dates back to about 2012, so it's so old it's new again, um, that did about 10, 10 things that you know he felt that, or she felt that, that ticked them off while they're working there. And then the first one, of right. course, people who try to cut in line, that's given. That's par for the course. That was in the other top ten list that we, we originally right. read. Right, right. Number two, extremely large groups, including the famed Brazilian tour groups. Yeah, with the flag yeah. and the yes. matching outfits and the loud singing. Absolutely. That is one that wasn't on that other list that I do find to be incredibly annoying when I'm there. Yeah. Number three, people who think if you rent a wheelchair that you automatically get to go through every exit of any attraction. Huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They assume that that's the way they go in. These are the people that seem to feel as though because they're in the wheelchair and they've rented it, they get to go through the exit right to the front of the attraction and skip everybody in line because they're in the wheelchair. Number four. Guests trying to stand up on rides and or trying to take props from the ride. This is mostly a grad Wait, what? night. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this apparently is mostly a grad night problem where people would try to take souvenirs out of the ride or, you know, um, well, I say souvenirs, uh, bad terminology, I suppose, for a park that sells souvenirs, but take an actual object, a prop, a prop out yeah. of the ride itself to take home with them. Um and the way he put it is, I worked grad nights a few times at, at Magic Kingdom, and teenagers would try and stand up on teacups or put their legs on top of the cups. 
Huh. I had to immediately turn off the ride for safety reasons. If you do this, you will ruin other people's WDW experience. People follow the safety rules on an attraction. Stealing a prop is not worth it. So no, that's no. You ruin the magic. Are, you know, just ruin the attraction if you take something important. Yeah, and most of them are like glued down anyway. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to do that. Now, number yeah. five is is one that I like. Uh, yeah. Guess who call Magic Kingdom Disney World? That's a good one because yeah, that, yeah. that before and it's like. Eh, yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> we're not in Disney. We're in you were yes, we're in Disney World, but this is the Magic Kingdom. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, the whole thing is Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the Magic Kingdom, right? You know, so I like that one. Um, number six, guess who get bitter when you regulate the lines between the regular line and Fast Pass? Huh. In other words, people who get mad that you have to let Fast Pass people through. Right. There's a Fast Pass system. You're doing your job. Don't get mad. Right. It's like um, it's like hey man, when you gonna let us go? <laughs> kind of a yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I could I could totally see that happening. Uh number seven, guess who don't listen to the parade controlled cast members? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh you know, I'm I've never really sat around for that, so I can't say one way or the other. Uh-huh. Um when guests ask when the three PM parade is at the Magic Kingdom. That's like an eternal joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. This one explains itself. It's not even just a joke, it's like a t shirt. It's yeah, I was about to say it's a t shirt now. Yeah. Uh, crazy. <laughs> Guess who try and push the strollers in ride waiting line? So if you try um, you take your stroller into the line and you try and push your stroller through the wide ride waiting lines, mm-hmm. uh, he says or she says, I got yelled at and dirty looks many, many times from telling guests they could not take their strollers in the ride line. If anyone brought their stroller in line, it would be 10 miles long. We had a job just for organizing the strollers outside of attractions, which is why when you come back from a ride, you can't find your stroller. So right. make market with something other than your name to be able to find it. Mark and the stroller, I, that's what it says? Yeah, Mark, he's actually getting a, a helpful tip. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, I have a, like a saint scarf that I put around mine. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah. Um, it's like your luggage with the rainbow. Um, oh, yeah, like the rainbow belt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting when you're, you're traveling with Kevin to Disney World and you're the only two people going. You have these two males and Kevin has a big, bright, rainbow-colored uh, belt around his luggage. and you have That's a right. But looking at y'all like, well, good for them. <laughs> we both have wedding rings on, so <laughs> that doesn't help either. No. But uh, hey, you know, not too many people are going to do that, are they? <laughs> There's anything wrong with that. I know exactly that's my bag, but anyway. All right. And number 10, adult guests who try to get into the park in costume. Okay. They don't want to confuse the kids. And some of those costumes can be a little bit creepy. Or they usually turn away the more risque ones, too. I would yeah, think. well then, you, then you have those people like when they're like some somebody got mad because right. they got turned away and they were in some kind of a a costume they didn't like that that they were right. like, they were prevented uh, from entering. So I mean that they've had to. I can understand certainly why they would institute this policy because you don't want children just running up and being like, "Oh my God, there's Jack Skellington." You Let's know, take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for the parties and stuff, you could probably do that to an extent, but um, like I guess on a regular day basis, you can't really do that. All right, man. Talking about Haunted Mansion, uh, there's more. Did we talk about their Haunted Mansion merchandise shot that's taking place at the Yankee Trader? We didn't, but me and Aaron did on a show where, uh, what's called, on the show where you were gone. Oh, okay, yeah. Hi, yep. How do you like that, man? That's exciting. I love it. I mean, I'm going to kind of miss the Yankee Trader a little bit because you I know? did like that store. I liked the theming of it. I loved where it was. Um, but I was going to ask you if you were gonna, you'd miss the Yankee Trader. That was like the one that had all the Smucker stuff and everything. Yeah. I will, and it, it it's terrible that that's the store that's got to go, but, I mean, 
uh, that gypsy cart just wasn't cutting it. No, and it was then too they small. got a hmm. Yeah, it was definitely too small. I mean, for yeah, an attraction it, that big, you know, every they have time a cart. You went over there, they were sold out of extra large T-shirts. By the time you got over there, I mean, you always got to buy a, a size above what you wear because right. it's going to shrink uncontrollably. So I mean, right. what by the time we would get over there, it would be noon, and they were already out of extra large T-shirts. Um, they just they went through stuff so fast over there. The Haunted Mansion did deserve its own shop, and I, I yeah. believe this new one's going to be themed around Madame Leota, which is it's kind of cool. That'd be really really neat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that when it finally opens and gets down to business. But speaking of the Haunted Mansion and everything else, um, I kind of put out the question to the listeners to see which which guests from the Haunted Mansion they most uh, associated with the mansion. And mm-hmm. so I got I got a handful. I can't say I had a lot of replies, but I had a handful okay. of replies uh, from people. But this is like overall what people had said. Um, a lot of people had said Gu- Gus, right? Um, the hitchhiking ghost Gus. Yeah, the hitchhiking ghost Gus. Beard. Okay. Yep, and his buddy Ezra. That was also mentioned. Okay, Ezra's good. But yeah, it's the tall the tall dude with the top hat, right? Yeah. Um, the ghost host, of course. He's one of the guys that got mentioned. Um, the bride. Yes. The singing busts. Very good one. And Leota. I was gonna say I was waiting for somebody to mention Leota. You know who they didn't mention though? Who's that? I I, I think we discussed it last time. It was a hatbox ghost. Oh yeah. Well, I guess because people don't. Re- well, yeah. I guess I c- you could see how that would be associated with because it it's like the ghost that's never there. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but it's it's always the ghost that they market. Yeah, it's like, like the it's a mystique about him that he's not in the necessarily in the mansion, but he's always talked about. Well, and he he kind of is in the mansion. He's just not in where you actually see the hat hat box in his hand. The the um his portrait hangs in the in the gallery. Oh right, like, right. Like when you when you go through there, you will see the hat box ghost's picture as one of the portraits hanging. Yeah, yeah. So he's there, but you know not. He's not like an anim- animated animatronic. Exactly. Yeah, he's present, yeah, yeah right, ever present, right there, yeah. And I am hoping that we live long enough to see that happen. Now that that is an injustice that needs to be righted. I wonder if they'd have it at the new Haunted Mansion gift shop. If they'll have like hat box, hat box ghost stuff. That'd yeah, might like the, on the lanyard that you bought for me when you went to Disneyland is a hat box ghost. I mean, yeah, they, they always mark like the new Haunted Mansion movie that uh, Guillermo del Toro is about to make is going to be supposedly centered around the hat box ghost. Oh, that'd be very cool. Yeah, so you not have them in after that. Yeah, eventually he's going to come back. He's going to make maybe they're waiting for that movie to happen <laughs> so that it comes out. So I've been waiting for that movie to happen for a long time. I'm so yeah, really. <laughs> like that john favreau magic kingdom movie that was supposed to be like um that was supposed to be uh what do you call it like uh uh night the museum meets disneyland right right kind of thing where all the attractions come to life at night which would have been like a really awesome thing to do and you heard about it a few years back and nothing ever since nothing ever happened from that huh nope oh that bummer well maybe in the future we'll live long enough to see something like that too (laughs) who knows Okay, so if you're like me, you love the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party that they do every year. Uh, However, what I do not like is those little dance parties that they always do. (laughs) 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 They always do. Every every little um, holiday event that they do, the Christmas party, they always have in Tomorrowland, because they just don't know what else to do with it, a character dance party for the kids that I hardly ever see anybody at. 
Huh. Uh, but this this one did kind of intrigue me a little bit is that they were going to establish club villain and club villain be, club villain is going to be a new character dance party that joined uh i guess the uh the the normal dance party that they have with the with you know buzz lightyear and stitch and all them that they do over there in right. and now at the diamond horseshoe saloon in frontier land uh club villain is going to give guests the opportunity to go ahead and dance the night away with the villains that's a party i guess well but but i mean you need it, it's a halloween party so you should have more of the villains right, right. Just, i like that the fact that they have a lot of the more popular characters in their costumes like right. you know you'll be in costume Minnie will be in costume uh winnie the pooh and all them they'll be in costume you know so it, it's more appropriately ha- halloween themed right Having the villains there as well is is more of an uh, an appropriate um, kind of a thing for that party. Yeah, kind of a thing for a Halloween dance party. So, yeah, uh, I, I would check that out. I wouldn't go dance or anything like that. I kind of peek my head in through the door. If I was It'd be there. interesting what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know that sounds infinitely more interesting than the Tomorrowland dance party thing that they always do. Yeah, uh, when I went to Disneyland, I stumbled upon a dance party and. Uh, California Adventure. I forget what it was. I guess it was like the Mad Tea Party thing or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. There's a lot of lasers and a lot of smoke and a lot of all over the place. Um, <laughs> when we went, it was like a, uh, Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton version. Oh, really? Like the Mad uh, yeah. Dance Party over there in California Adventure. And it was more uh, themed for preteens. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I couldn't go to the Monsters ride because that was closed at the time, but oh well, whatever. <laughs> okay, so there is a rumor going around right now that finally, after all these years, the Yeti is being fixed. What? Where, yeah. where, where are you reading that? Uh, a member on one of the forums posted that uh, this past Wednesday they went to the Animal Kingdom. Right. And uh, they went to Everest. They rode it twice. And when they rode it, they never saw the Yeti. And they went and asked a cast member about it. And he said that the Yeti was behind tarps being fixed. And he'll be there for about a month. Oh, so, okay. So, Disco Yeti. So The thought there being then, then hopefully that you're going to get the original Yeti back in his true mobile form well joe well joe Rody did promise that he was going to fix the yeti they were gonna get the yeti fixed but um so so how do they continue that story if he's behind a tarp that's a great question i was worrying about it when i read it myself uh but i haven't been able to find anybody to contradict it yet where they're like well i was just there yesterday and and, and yeah the the yeti the yeti was there i saw it um so i've been kind of uh, hunting around a little bit to find it but i have yet yeah. to anyone to have uh disputed this man's uh recollection well, it might be something we have to put towards the uh listeners to see if they can uh confirm this story for us um if he's indeed behind tarps you know i'd be totally fine with that but you know i would i would even make it better by just at least putting like a projection so let's say yeti c version of a yeti instead of like absolute nothing so at least the story is kind of continued you know what i mean mm-hmm. like at least a projection of a yeti uh, on on a tarp or something or whatever instead of like nothing you know um granted it's still it goes by so fast that you know it's still a thrill in and of itself but at least you're not completely losing the story that the yeti kind of almost attacks you and and shoots you out of the mountain kind of a deal you know so give me the tarp 
but maybe a cheap little, not cheap, but you know, a decent little projection. So it looks like the Yeti's still kind of in disco mode. So to speak. I mean, heck, you can even have just a picture of a Yeti flashing because that's basically what you see when you go <laughs> buy it, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's uh, I don't see that I would be cool with that. But yeah, I, I'm it, listeners out there. If you hear about this and or you or are you in the parks now after you're hearing this show, and you know something to the contrary of what we just mentioned, uh, shoot us an email at magicrway@gmail.com or leave us a speak pipe message. Uh, be curious to see if this is actually true because if the Yeti's going to get fixed, man, this is going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> well, yeah, Happening I'm, over anything else, you know? I'm kind of like digging a little bit more as you're talking right now and I did find a little bit more. This isn't the only person that's talking about this. Really? Uh, yeah, the, uh, what you call it? Um, I wonder if the Orlando Sentinel is saying anything about it. No, it, it hasn't been made official by any of the, any of the press. But you talk, you, I'm seeing rumors being spread by uh, various forum members. Yeah. Uh, various users, like uh, this one right here, is from um, Tiki Man. Oh, who, Tiki Man. Yeah. Yeah, you know who that is. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Okay, he's reporting that Expedition Everest is expected to undergo a lengthy refurbishment during which the Yeti will be fixed. The time frame is unknown, and then user WDW71Fan has also reported that it will take place in fiscal year 2015, which begins on October 1st. So uh, there's some smoke there, uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, hopefully it's some kindling to a greater fire of good that's uh, <laughs> happening there, you know, kind of like... like uh, the whole Yeti. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. So stay tuned, keep your ears open in the Disney universe, and see what's happening. All right, last thing I want to talk about, uh, hopefully, is um, I hadn't mentioned this, but I'm going to do a quick version of this, is the Disney auditions. Um, I haven't mentioned this on the show in a long time. Basically, there's two things, Danny, if you want to be part of the magic that you can audition for that's out on that list. And again, I'm coming from the DisneyAuditions.com. So I'm going to try to let you guess, man. So it's this time of the year. What do you what do you think is at least one thing they're auditioning for? One thing they're auditioning for in August? Yeah, what do you think they're they're getting ready for? Just um, a wild guess. They're getting ready for the uh what you call it, the, the Halloween party. Yeah. Get, uh, get broader. Broader? Yeah, broader with that. You know, along with the Halloween, was that the whole what's that all start? Christmas? Yeah, the whole Christmas season. That's what they're auditioning for. So yeah. they're auditioning. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking on the list. And again, you go to DisneyAuditions.com for the, you know, those guys that are performing artists or whatever else that want to be part of it. Uh, they're auditioning like Christmas parade performers. Um, uh, I, I'm assuming there'd be like a, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but maybe like uh, characters, of course, portraying Christmas guys. Um, the gingerbread people, you know, all different kind of characters and stuff associated with. Toy, the, the tin soldiers? Yeah, the toy soldiers. Oh. Actually, actually, that's one of the things. The uh, They're auditioning percussionists for uh, and band members for the, the toy soldiers and stuff for the band that goes down the street and everything else. Um, the Christmas trees in the parade, you know, the people that just can run out. They're auditioning all kind of cast members for uh, the Christmas stuff. So if you're interested in doing some of that, of course, I'm assuming it's going to be like seasonal work. Uh, but at least it could be fun. You know, you're bringing even more magic during a magical time of the year at the mass magical place on Earth, right? The mass magical place? The most. Did I say the mass? I meant the most. Oh, the most the magic place. <laughs> The masked magic place. And, of course, the other thing that they're auditioning for, as they always audition for, just your right run-of-the-mill character performers. So you want to be a friend of Mickey or Pluto or Goofy or anything else. Uh, you got the right height. You fit the requirements. 
All that information can be found on DisneyAuditions.com. Um, if you happen to be a friend of whoever or happen to be part, uh, partaken in a show, we'd love to have you on the show now that we have the Skype thing going. So you could be anywhere in the country. We'd love to hear from you. Just shoot us an email, magicourway at gmail.com. All right, so this week's hub. Oh, actually, let me get some background music here because you know I want I want to you know just kind of sit back, relax, and just kind of chat about this, and uh, then we can kind of uh, there we go. A little a little piano music by uh, Mr. Tom Amin. Guys, I found music. He's a musician, pianist. You know, he did this whole album called Piano and Pixie Dust. And I first heard about him on Inside the Magic on Ricky's show. And so I figured it'd be a nice way to just kind of do a little armchair imagineering here. And this topic comes from uh, uh, one of the shows that I listened to, WDW Today. And Len Testa and some of those other guys were talking about, what if you had an attraction where you were the villain in this, in this whole story through the attraction? Like most of the stories... You're like flying with Peter Pan or, or you're or Snow White or if you're one of the children of the world, you're one of the good guys, you know, or you're, you're Dumbo or you're Aladdin on the carpet. Uh, but what if you were like one of the, the, uh, the villains in said attraction and you went through an attraction, it was all about you and you were ex- in your experiences, you know? Um, so we decided, you know, I brought this up with Danny. We're just like, you know, well, let's go ahead and ponder this further, man, because that's actually kind of an interesting thing. Um... I don't know, Danny. What do you think? We, we had some time to marinate this. Do you have anything that you that pops in your head? I think I have at least a couple, maybe that might work. This one was really hard for me because, uh, in thinking this through, the problem with being the villain, it, when you ride through the attraction as the villain, the villain always pretty oh, the, bad ending. Pretty bad end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like uh, okay, let's do a ride and 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 we're the guy shooting Bambi's mom. I mean, I guess if you wanted to, you could <laughs> retheme the Frontierland arcade around that theme. Oh God! But yeah, exactly. I mean, how dark do you want to get when most of these Disney villains kind of in the pretty gruesome demise? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you know, you want to do something that's going to be family friendly and something that all uh, members of the family can experience without being felt like, "Mommy, why did we just die?" Right. Right. <laughs> So what I came up with was the CDA from uh, Monsters, Inc. The CDA? Oh, from- the Child Detection Agency. Yeah. yeah. The, so the CDA, at, at the very uh, end of the movie, they turned out that they're not quite the bad guy. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, the bad guy was, um, oh, help me, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Um, well, yeah, but more um, more the other guy, more the monster. It was like a crab. Uh, what's his name? Like a crab. Yeah. This is in the first one, right? Monsters yeah, Inc. First one, yeah. Oh, oh, the guy that was a president. Yeah, it's like JP's. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, JP. Ah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Henry J. Waternews. Oh, yeah, Waternews. There you go. So, anyway, uh, you, you're watching the movie, and the CDA is always the ones chasing down um, Mike and Sully. Mike and Sully yeah. as, as they're trying to hide Boo, but really, the villain is. Um, Henry J. Waternoose, yep. and so uh, our, our, at the very end of the movie, when it's all unveiled, the CDA isn't really so much of the bad guy, so you don't really feel like you got defeated if you'd arrive through there. So I would love to see us finally go ahead and do a Monsters, Inc. attraction, because that was the other part of this for me, is what um, what uh, property has yeah. have we really not covered in right. Walt Disney World? And we've kind of covered it in, um, 
in Disneyland as a, as a dark ride, but and in, in, to an extent in Disney World as the the laugh floor. But I mean, you don't really have the same sense of a thrill ride, right? And, and that that's what I'd like to kind of do here is is the CDA is chasing you, do kind of a 3D special effect kind of thing where yeah. um, kind of like a, a Harry Potter. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the like Forbidden a, Journey. Oh, Forbidden uh, Journey. Oh, like a Kuka arm thing. Yeah, kind of like the you know Harry yeah. Potter, Forbidden Journey, Spider Man, uh, kind of type attraction where you're chasing Mike and Sully. They're trying to hide Boo. You go through the the Monsters Inc. factory. You go through the streets of uh, Monstropolis, that kind of thing. And so at the very end, you find that they have it, and Roz kind of holds you off from it and says, yeah. "Nah." Oh, it's fine. Whatever it is, and that would be how the ride ended. And I kind of thought that would be something where you can kind of take on the role of the the villain chasing the heroes, where at the very end you didn't feel like um, you didn't feel like such a loser. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, I like that, man. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, that, that's uh, that'd be you know that'd be a lot of fun. And better um, than Bambi's mother. Yeah, that's right. Better than doing that, man. Um, well, the one that I came up with was based around the Emperor's New Groove, and where in the attraction you'd be, and this would be since they're coming out with attractions that have different ride elements or facets or styles to them, like part roller coaster, part dark ride, part uh, drop coaster, or something like that. Um, I was thinking you could be Isma. And Kronk, you know, you can portray those characters and you'd be the central focus of that through the attraction. So, mm-hmm. you know, you go through like uh, the little roller coaster thing that they go through when they go down into the uh, the laboratory, Yzma's laboratory. Right. So you get all that and, you you know, you chase um, Cusco and stuff uh, on, on, you know, on, on the back of Kronk. So you can have some kind of ride system that mimics like you're on the back of Kronk and you're bouncing along trying to chase uh, Cusco and them. Uh, through mm-hmm. the foothills and the mountains, and all of a sudden you catch up to it, you get ahead of them, or something like in a castle. Um, you you could uh, maybe uh, uh, I don't know. You, be, you could be the old man that gets tossed out of the castle, or something like that. Um, that might be fun, but it actually has nothing to do with Yzma. But that'd be fun. But look, you can get into toward the end of the ride. Uh, you know, Yzma doesn't really meet a gruesome death. She just gets turned into a cat. So then you could do all kind of special effects and magical effects where you get shrunk down to the size of a cat. Your voice changes, and all of a sudden, like Cusco and Kronk are like very huge. And at the very end, you're taking the little oath, uh, the squeaker, squeak, squeaking oath thing, you know. <laughs> um, so that'd be, you know, it's it, you know, you're portraying the villain there, and so to speak, but you're not necessarily ending in a very gruesome death like some of the other traditional Disney villains. You know, that might be a fun, lighthearted way. I mean, the whole movie in itself. It's fun and lighthearted, but you know, you take it from Isma's point of view. That might be kind of interesting to do. You know, partake of that. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and you even go through a way where you you know you change forms, like when they're going through the potions, and you know, it's one time there's a cat, maybe like a a cat a camel or something that you're trying to get some stuff together, or whatever else. You know, that could be kind of fun. You know, you could you could even sing your own uh, um, background music <laughs> when you're trying to get rid of Cusco or something. You know. So uh, th- th- I think that'd be kind of a large hearted way of portraying a villain, so to speak, a quote unquote, you know? Yeah. I mean, granted, it's a movie franchise that hasn't been out in a while and I don't know how much play it gets as much anymore, but I think it's a great movie. I think they should bring that out of the vault again and just to bring it to a new audience, you know, because I think that would totally fit. Well, it was good enough to spawn a TV series. Oh, I forgot about the TV series. You're right. Yeah. So it was around a little bit. Uh, yeah. I- I enjoyed it. Um, 
I went in with no expectations, and I think that kind of helped the matter along. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Oh, um, you could have a part of the ride where you know you you know that whole sequence where they're like wrong lever, <laughs> you know <laughs> she falls into the river. You know you could totally have a drop shoot, a la mm-hmm. Tower of Terror. You know you just you pull the lever and you just drop. You get splashed, you know, and then you go back up the stairs and you say, why do we even have that lever <laughs> you know, kind of thing? And then you go into the little roller coaster part and you get in a new costume. So that it would it'd be kind of, that would be kind of fun. You know, an Emperor's New Groove attraction when you're you're not Cusco, you're actually like Yzma and Kronk, you know, Patrick Warburton. So that'd be kind of neat. Absolutely. All right. So I have another one, too, that I'll give to you. And I, I, I guess you wouldn't really define this as like a, a villain, but mm-hmm. y- you could think of him more of as like a bad guy, right? So I'm thinking of like Wreck-It Ralph, you know, okay. basically like a dark ride or some kind of adventure of Wreck-It Ralph and his goal where to where you're Ralph. Yeah. You see, you I know? thought about that too, but I kind of like, well, but he's not really the villain. No, he's not really the villain, but he is a bad guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's why I was saying, quote unquote, villain and more so the bad guy kind of thing. Because in, in essence, in his own video game, his role is to be the bad guy, the villain, when in right. fact, he's not really a bad guy, you know? <laughs> but it doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. <laughs> but he's only a bad guy in the context of his game. Yeah, he's the only bad guy in the context of the game, but in actually the so- movie, he's actually a good guy. But, you know, this is kind of a stretch, kind of a go with me kind of a thing. But, okay. you know, uh, it's, you know, because he wrecks everything, you know. Um, but, and Felix is kind of portrayed as a good guy when, in essence, you know, Ralph is actually a pretty nice guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has to, his job is just to be the bad guy kind of a deal. But you're right. Yeah, it's kind of a stretch. It, it, but you know, I would still wouldn't mind having a, 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 wreck, a, a, a wreck at Ralph type attraction. Or whether it be a dark ride or whatever else, because that'd be kind of fun to do, now, to keep that story alive, you know. I appreciate you continuing to try and get Wreck It Ralph into the theme parks because, I mean, if if anything else, that's what I'd like to go with with this um, with this whole exercise here is trying to figure out a way to get properties into the park yeah. that just are not there yet. They have no um, like one of the things that I thought to do immediately when we were talking about this was, well, what if you were one of the members of Hook's crew? Like if you like, oh you yeah, Disney Junior. Uh, you know who? Um, uh, is it Scully and Bones? Yeah, Scully and Bones. Yeah, the, little, the musicians, yeah. musician pirates. Yeah, musician and 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 being a pirate upon ha- Captain Hook's ship as he's chasing down Peter Pan, the Lost Boys. Tinkerbell, all that, you know, that might make for interesting kind of uh, where you're kind of a bad guy, but you're not the bad guy who ends up getting chased off and eaten or maybe not by the TikTok croc. Right, right. Or another way to go about it, and uh, this one was a lot, a lot harder for me to kind of try to figure out how to do it, was, um, you know, Mother Bear over in Brave. Mother because Bear. Because in a sense, oh, okay. you know, you go from being good mother bear who's you know a woman who happens to be a bear to yeah. losing yourself a little bit and kind of being the villain the bear yeah yeah so uh there's a sense there where you could you could kind of have a little bit of fun with that um hmm, interesting the only problem i would have with that is is that part of the fun of it is seeing the bear <laughs> right right um, you could always have that that the big bear at the very end 
that right. turns out to be the uh, you could see him, but um, Brave is a is a is a film that you know just really isn't represented in the parks. So trying to figure out a way to get that in there and doing a villain ride kind of thing, yeah. you know, fit a little bit for me, not much, but a little bit to where I could see you working something out like that. Yeah, I just wouldn't mind like a, a Brave attraction. You know, that'd be kind of neat because um, you could get yeah, you could uh, totally. Like, and I'm not a big Brave fan. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's a good movie, but it's it's not one of my favorites. But I'm always looking for um something different. I like the fact that I, I let, let me rephrase that. I, I dislike the fact that uh, it has to be a hit movie for it to be a good ride. Right, right. I think you have ride, I think you have movies that are great concepts, but maybe lousy movies. But in the context of a five ten minute long ride, well, let's really a five minute long ride yeah and yeah the context of a five minute long ride um maybe that's just perfect that's all you need yeah um, yeah i was thinking about the brave attract not to interrupt your thought here but think yeah. about the brave attraction that you could totally have like a mixture of ride systems to where at one point you're like on a coaster chasing the wisps through a force or something like that you know that would that actually be kind of fun and then you continue on the story as the bear or whatever else. That would actually be kind of neat. You know, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun to do. Absolutely. Like Dinosaur wasn't a hit movie, but a great attraction. You know, um, uh, my opinion. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but uh, what, Dinosaur. I see. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of put that over Countdown to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction was the attraction before the before it became Dinosaur. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the overlay where they kind yeah. of movie to it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Point being is that you could have something like that theme it to a movie whether or not it's the greatest movie in the world i'm sure people still check out dinosaur because of that attraction because they like it yeah and if they find the film a little bit later on you know i mean that's one i haven't heard about yet that they've released on blu-ray maybe that's I'm true you're right you're right yeah absolutely right and i had i think i've seen that movie once and that was about it the only other one i could think of where you take up on the villain role would be a, like a lilo and stitch kind of thing yeah you know, where you're um where you're stitch no yeah well <laughs> Or yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was my thought process in it at first. Is that okay? You're Stitch because Stitch is more the villain, but again, you don't get to see Stitch. And what's the fun of Lilo and Stitch ride unless you see Stitch? Stitch. So the right. other way you can play it is if you're one of the bounty hunter. I'm um, not the bounty hunter, but um, I'm thinking Star Wars at this point. It's yeah. late. Um, what's the name of the guy? The shark looking guy. Is he like the pearl officer or something like that, or whatever else? He's like a. I I can't remember. Shoot, or even the 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 what you call it the um, the two guys that are like you know that that observe Stitch. Yeah, you could t- yeah. do something with those two. What are their names? Do you remember? No, I don't remember the names. All right, Agent Pleaky and Doctor. Is it Doctor Jumba Jukuba? Yeah, that's it. The Jukiba or Jukib? Jukub. I don't remember. Or you can also do something with Lilo and Stitch where instead of just being Stitch, you're the two guys that were sent to observe them, um, Agent Pleaky and Jumba Jakuba, where you're trying to catch Stitch. Yeah. And you just can't quite make it happen. And so you're chasing after them, and Lilo has no idea you're there. And I could see there being a lot of uh, fun that you could play with that one as well. Oh, that would be a fun ride. And yeah. Those that not a big fan of Stitch, they could totally partake in being the people that try to chase after Stitch. Right. I'll be down with that. Yeah, and and I mean, Stitch is a presence in the parks. He, he who's a great. He almost became one of the core characters at one point. Yeah, yeah. He was so prevalent in the parks, and 
really all you really got from him is that one terrible attraction that they reimagined off of Alien Encounter and uh, never really took off with parents. But I mean, this is something that I think would be a cool ride, and I think people would gravitate towards doing. Um, certainly more so than that that Alien Encounter thing, which they just need to. If they weren't going to do what they had in mind for it to begin with, then it's just probably time to move on from that. Yeah, just let let Stitch go or something. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind that Stitch kind of attraction. That actually sounds like a good idea. They could put that that attraction right where it is right now. Yeah. Keep Tomorrowland and do it like that. So yeah, that that's my those are, those would be the Lilo and Stitch one and the uh, Monsters Inc one would be my two votes for ones that I would like to see where you get to play a bit of the villain and feel good about it. Right. Ah, I like that. I like that. So if you have any suggestions about uh, attractions where you would be playing the villain or uh, any kind of armchair imagining, imagineering ideas for us, send it in to magicourway at gmail.com or you could do a speak pipe. Uh, speakpipe.com forward slash magic or way you can leave a quick little voice message we'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on it and we hope to hear from you guys soon yeah man here we are once again at the end of another show show number 49 um, yeah normally we either go and run to the bathroom or go eat but since we're in our separate abodes uh, I think it's time to go to sleep <laughs> Especially since we're recording late night, you know? That's one of the things that I've learned is never record on a Monday night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to avoid it. But, you know, at least, at least and we're doing this over Skype, so at least we know that this works. And I think we're going to, you know, everything's still going, so I think we're actually going to finish this show with some, some sort of success. So I'm curious to see what it sounds like after it's all said and done, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, let me just run through my spiel here. Of course, follow us on fake book. Fake book. <laughs> <laughs> it is late, boy. We are tired. Yeah, we are tired, guys. But it's it's all right. We're doing this for you and for us because we want to keep it coming. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Magic Our Way. You can follow us on Twitter at Magic Our Way. Um, you can, uh, I guess, uh, what else can you do? I don't, I don't know. I think that's only two social. Oh, we're on Pinterest, uh, but I haven't done much with our Pinterest account. Tweet um, us. Tweet us, you know, I I always reply to a lot of your tweets, especially when we get new followers, you know, I'm talking with a lot of people on there talking about talking with Seesaw Steve and his national treasure pair idea with the jester and all that kind of business. So that's a lot of fun. Um, You can download the show at iTunes. Uh, You can listen to the show at Stitcher. You can pull it off of our own RSS feed, however you want to do it. Uh, whatever you do, if you're able to leave a rating or review, please do so. You know, it just does nothing but it lets people know that we're around, uh, gives them an idea of what we're all about, what kind of show they're in for, um, and you know, make sure that you know it's not a waste of their time. You know, it's, this is a good time here with the Magic Carway Podcast, even though it's late night. You know, we we may we may be just kind of falling asleep while we're recording the show, but that's okay. <laughs> we're doing good. I just uh, we're bu- how committed we are. That's right, man. We're just committed to giving you guys content. And besides that, um, you know, yeah, so follow us on t- Twitter. Uh, leave a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, um, SpeakPipe. If you haven't uh, heard me speak about pe- SpeakPipe.com, you could be the second person to leave us a SpeakPipe message. You don't have to leave your name. You just go to the website, SpeakPipe.com forward slash Magic Our Way. Click on the little button, record a 90-second message or shorter. You know, max is 90 seconds. And um, 
you know, hit if you like it, hit OK, and it'll automatically send it to us. And you that's all you have to do. It's very, very easy. Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, we're still, you know, I got the website thing back in my head. So eventually we're going to get that going. I have a better vision of how I want to arrange the website. So it'd be a little bit, it'd be simple to navigate and a little bit more feasible. So look for that coming, hopefully, hopefully by before the end of the year, I kind of want to get something up for you guys to access all of our content all in one little place. You know, all those little things here and all the things that we reference. So, um, I don't know. Did I forget anything, man? Yeah, for all your tr- Disney travel needs, contact Lee. Las- oh, yeah, Las Tavica. Yeah, Las Tavica over at Just a Dream Away Travel. Uh, in fact, if you would, please go ahead and book something because Lee will be here next week. And yeah. so if something goes wrong or you want to rave about how great he was, you can go ahead and respond and we can talk to Lee directly about it next week. Yeah, if you got any questions for Lee, uh, you know, or us, or whatever else, or rolling vacation or trip advice and stuff, uh, shoot us an email at magicourway at gmail dot com, and we will get that to you and address you address that on show number fifty. Yeah, the big five zero. So uh, this show will probably be released That's why midweek. Yeah, because uh, we're getting older. Is that because what it is? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, maybe yeah, we're getting older, and so show number five zero is around the corner. And so um, we're going to have Lee and hopefully Aaron on both at the same time. You know, a couple of guests have been recurring on our show. Yeah. And so uh, uh, this show will be released somewhere between this week and next week. Uh, So the next show, show 50, will be in about a week and a half. Uh, We're going to plan something, you know, semi-big, not really huge, but semi-big for it. Uh, but either way, it'll be a good time. Hopefully, we're just chatting and just, you know, can't just probably gushing over the fact that we actually made it to 50 shows <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else, you know. So let's go in ahead and end it before I fall asleep. But my name is Kevin. And I am. <laughs> Magic out.